This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido of Fresno, and with me is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno. And Maya Solana McDaniel, first Q and student at Aikido of Fresno. Okay. All right. So uh, we just we can jump into it quick this time because we're doing part two. Yeah, part two. Part, part two, two of last part week's uh, part, part two. Two of last week's podcast. Um, but let's go ahead and just uh, quickly, and I'll have Chris do it. Recap what we talked about last week and kind of set it up, and then we'll just jump right into it. Yeah, so basically this is, uh, we're, we're calling this the keys to the Aikido kingdom, and, and basically the idea is like, what does Aikido need to make a recovery, um, or recovery is stupid, like to to be functional, right? Like to be, to be viable. what we want it to yeah. be, yeah, to be a viable martial art. When you said make a recovery, now I'm picturing like Aikido like on his deathbed, like, <gasps> Well, it's I'm funny, <laughs> it's funny because I really think that like probably in the 1990s, like when I say recovery, it's because I'm thinking this, this dumb way, which is like that, you know, Aikido was doing really well in the 1990s, and that's a lie. Like it was making money for people, right. and it was popular. But the martial arts system right. was not doing well. It was definitely like uh, resting on its laurels. Oh yeah, like like literally, yeah. like that's what it was doing. Just <sighs> it was existing on, you know, previous years of that's right. excellence, um, but not doing anything new. That's right. Aikido yeah. had cancer and it didn't know it yet. Yeah, totally had cancer. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. so dramatic. I'm and, sorry. And so we're, so, we're chemo that shit. And so uh, in talking about this, there are, what, five five keys that we five had? Five keys, yeah. So, um, and we talked about, uh, what, three of them last time? Yeah, we talked about three. So we okay. talked about uh, historical context, modern context, and um, uh, clarity of systematic, uh, systematic clarity, yeah. which is basically just like, you know. To, to understand what the system right. is Understanding doing. what you're doing. Right, yeah. right, um, yeah. Including syllabuses and syllabi, all that good stuff. Right, yeah. So. This is, okay, so I, I made that joke, and then I realized, like, like you saying, this is the chemo. I'm like, oh, shit, that's really, like, very, um maybe high and mighty of us a little bit to be like, here's the solution. Um, but I, I want to preface this. If you haven't listened to the first episode, go listen to it. And most of what we talk about is just that these are the pieces that you have to gather for yourself and everybody has to do it for themselves. And we're not necessarily prescribing our answer or our specific answer to these keys as the way. Right, right. Yeah. You know, you, you have to figure out these things individually, but this is probably the process you need to use right. to figure it the out. The process is is right, correct. Yeah. Process. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, right. the yeah, what you... How you interpret each of those individual keys, what those are for you, may be different. Right. But though they are the the things that you need, the right. keys that you right. like. Right. So, okay. Um, so we have three of them, two of them left. What are the ones we're going to hit on today? Then. Uh, so today we're going to talk about um, uh, developing yeah, context appropriate live training, and we're going to talk about um, developing new students. Cool. Um, and so, again, these all sort of feed off each other, right? And so, like, one builds on the other, builds on the other, and you kind of need them all together. Um, and so, once you understand the context portion of it, um, the second sort of the next piece is that you got to have live, live training for it. We've said that for uh, a long time. Oh, yeah. I've been saying it for 27 um, years. So, explain what what is what does that look like? What How is that you know, play out. I mean, so first, yeah, I mean, what is the context? And, and anyone who's listened to the show probably knows already kind of where this is going. But um, let's just explain that out and, and yeah, paint that yeah. picture. Let's 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 hit live training first. And then let's kind of uh, go back to how we make that context appropriate. Um, so, you know, I mean, this is uh, the understanding live training and what live training is, is the reason that I left Aikido the first time I left Aikido because I needed live training and I didn't have the words at the time and, and probably the words were just being invented around then. That doesn't mean that live training didn't exist, just a way to People understand what that was. That. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, and Matt Thornton uh, quoted the, or coined the word and, you know, you can read his stuff if you want to see, cause he's really, especially recently really sussed out a lot of stuff, but basically this, this is what it is. In live training, you are having a situation where the elements of surprise and speed and timing and um, uh, power can all come together 
in a live way. Mm-hmm. And so like when we're training something not alive, we're we're only training little bits of it mm-hmm. at a time, right? And yeah, we're we're controlling certain elements. It's contrived. That's right. It's very it's contrived, contrived yeah. to get to a specific thing that we're we're looking at. Right. Yeah. And and I think an important thing especially when using the word contrived, which I think is a good word to to use, but like um the word contrived just means that it isn't the situation we're going to have. And so you have to understand first and foremost that all martial arts training is, is contrived. contrived. Yeah. So yeah. there there's no way around that, but but live training is a less less contrived, contrived right. uh, method of it. Um because when you don't have and I really think two of the most important things and I think this is what actual skill is is uh, uh timing and surprise and I think those two things um, are removed all the time from martial arts and without those you can't actually develop skill so mm. you have to face surprising situations yeah. and you have to face things that are done at different timings right um, and that's removed from forms training i guess too uh thinking about it the training being contrived like just by nature i guess depends to what you're training for which i'm not trying to go into context too much because we said we were going to talk about that in a second but um talking about if you're if you're training for something like self-defense and of course super contrived because you're in safe in the dojo with people you know but in sport martial arts it's a little less contrived for what you're actually training for because you're training for a sport and it looks a lot more like your training although there is still levels of you don't know your competitor you're in a stressful situation you you know like that kind of shit right yeah let's let's really go through that because i think um, so I had a friend who was an engineer and part of one of the jobs he had was he would go around and test how efficient places were, right? So he'd give them efficiency grades. Um, and, and he was talking about, um, you know, if you put uh, um, a wire in water and you heat the wire, then um, the 100 percent – it's 100% efficiency that it heats the water, right? And I, I'm not an engineer, so I'm talking about this badly. But this is just kind of the way I think about things that, like, you know, when you're looking at efficiency of stuff, it doesn't really matter um, the outside factors that you want to judge it by. Like, is that wire being heated the best way to heat water? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about does 100% of the energy that went into that wire heat the water? Mm-hmm. And if so, it's 100% efficiency. And so and this is a weird way to get around it. But so when, when you're saying, when you're talking about contrived, if you are training in a sport martial art for the sport, it is 0% contrived, mm-hmm. right? So uh-huh. meaning if I'm training Brazilian jiu-jitsu to win Brazilian jiu-jitsu matches, my right. training is 0% contrived because I am actually doing training the thing the that thing I'm, I'm going doing. to do. Right. Right. Now, yeah. the problem in the, the those contrivances, um, <laughs> like, like <laughs> Maya was kind of pointing out, um, is that uh, to conflate the idea that Brazilian jiu-jitsu is self-defense, self-defense right. right? And it's like, no, it's not. And that's the problem. One of the problems, I think, with uh, Aikyo is um, y- you can't ever – because it's not a sport, because the thing that we're training is is self-defense, this amorphous, like, whatever, you cannot if ever – that's what you're training right, for. Uh, well, yeah. You can't ever really – you can't ever really train for it unless – you're in those situations, and you're never going to be. Yeah, unless you're in going those, out and getting jumped on the daily. In those situations, you know. Um, so it, it is kind of right. uh, difficult, and so, and it's one of the reasons that I think that we rely so heavily on forms training is because um, we can't see what non-forms training would be. You know, like because it's the easy thing to do. It's we can see it, we can ta- hold it, we can take it apart, and as you move away from that it gets a little like "Mm, well what are we even you know what are we looking at you know are you saying that like because the goal of self-defense is so difficult to reach in terms of like creating something that's like that we go oh let's just fall back on forms because we know what those look like and those are reliable correct yeah right like and i mean i guess this is the difficulty of this key is figuring out how to do that how to at least come up with something that's closer and and i think the folky way to do what you guys are talking about like how do you train to defend yourself the folky way and like i mean just like the common sensey kind of 
Uh, yeah, folksy way to do it folksy. is um, to to like get it. the slices from the pieces you can. Right. So, for example, we know that in self-defense, sometimes people have to grapple. So if you study grappling martial arts, you right. will get good right. at grappling. Now, that will be a little different than real life grappling because um, there could be no weight classes. There right. could be in all kinds of different environments. But nonetheless, you learn grappling. It's so, to get you there. Right. Yeah. Right. And so and, 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 you know, it's not perfect, but we can put it together via different ways, mm-hmm. you know. And so like, oh, we know striking exists in self-defense situations so we learn to strike and and honestly right now what most martial artists will look at I just said the end of it. Right, if you right. learn to grapple Striking, and you learn to strike, right, right. right? But then if you open your mind up, you're like, oh, no, there's weapons and multiple attackers in different environmental situations and all kinds of other stuff that has to be trained for. And so Aikido is working on something that's not striking or grappling, right. right? And there are little elements of that in Aikido, but it's working on a lot of stuff that's not that. And so I think it's hard for people to look at Aikido and say what it's doing because of that right. reason. And it's hard for Aikido people to build live training for it because of that right. reason. And there's, they're just, they're there's no precedence. Like right. there's right. there's nothing that looks so like. So let's talk a little <laughs> bit about that because um, I think there are some people who maybe uh, think that there is life training in Aikido or that what they're doing, something that they're doing may be life training or maybe approaching life training. You know, I think. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we would all agree it, it, it's not, but. Yeah. I mean, so there's, there's some tricky stuff. So like if we look at Tamiki or Shotokan Aikido, um, there is a sport practice in that, right? Um, the problem is, of course, it's doing a slice, right? Like, like what I mean by these slices, like when I was saying, if you want to learn to grapple, because grappling does happen in self-defense situations, then learning Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or Greco-Roman or something, that is a slice of right. it, right? And so, um, if you have sp- like sport Aikido, you know, Tamiki Aikido, that is a slice of it. And personally, I don't think it's getting at that much and like mm-hmm. I'm not trying to upset any Tamiki people and I'm not being real and I, I just call them Tamiki people so they're probably <laughs> upset about that but Shotokan people yeah um, because I'm not saying that that practice is useless it is training for the sport but I don't really know that you're getting that much extra out of Shotokan uh, Rondori that you wouldn't get out of a lot of other, other kind things, of stuff right yeah. their knife work is so limited that it's not you're not training for a big section of that that you wouldn't get in like Screamer or, or Dog Brothers or something like that and then like the grappling and throwing is so limited it's not stuff you wouldn't get in Judo and so it's to me not a particularly Aikido flair right mm-hmm. but there are Aikido-ish thing like I'm, I'm being a jerk when I say that but I'm trying not to be. Yeah, no. But, like, there are things that are uniquely Aikido that you do see in Shotokan Aikido that you don't see in, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or whatever whatever other stuff. Yeah. But but to me, it's not a giant – It's a very small chunk of it, right? Right. And so it is good for making you better to make you Rondori sport practice. Like, But no one's been able – and and for the most part, nobody does – or I don't know how to – like, a – well, let's talk about what a, a a actual live like Aikido live practice would look like, in our opinion. Um, sure. Yeah, and what and why it, you know maybe it doesn't exist yet, like you know why we don't see it. Right. Right. I mean, I think uh, one of the biggest components is it has to have multiple attackers, so that's a big big deal, uh, and it has to have weapons inclusion, and it has to have weapons inclusion because if it doesn't have weapon inclusion, you won't see wrist grabs, you won't see body holds in the way you do, you won't see, you know, so like these kinds of things have to be they have to be a part of the live training, or you won't get Aikido technical right. skills out of it. And we're beginning to sort of uh, meld into the context part of this. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, and and, and that's that's inseparable. I think, yeah, we're going to have to talk about it now. But, you know, you have to, in a live way, that is a way dealing with surprise and timing elements, um, learn to use weapons against multiple attackers. Like, that has to be a part of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think that there's a, uh, uh, you know, like one of the ways we do it in the school is I have a series of drills that works on different elements for different things. And so that's, again, those are slices, yeah. you know, I'm taking slices out and, and, you know, there, there of course are problems with it. And, and every time I put a video up, someone loves to point out the problems, but <laughs> of course there are problems with it, but it, it can't be, you know, it can't in a safe legal manner be what right. we're trying to represent. So it does have to be contrived in a way, but you can enter elements of uh, force and surprise and violence and uh, timing and all these things that, that build into live mm-hmm. training. And that are, for the most part, I think, absent from most 
Aikido training. And, you know, there are people who, who train hard. And I think that that gets confused with training live, you know, sure, and we've, sure. we've yeah. had the podcast about live training before. So, you know, people can listen to that. But I think that's a thing that happens where it's like, I do that dude so hard. Um, it has to be. Re- and he was coming at me really hard. So it right. has to be right. uh, alive. And, it, and it's and it's, it's not. not right. Um, and that's because you the guy who you threw knew you were going to throw him, probably knew what you were going to throw him with and knew that he was going to take the fall. And in live would be he's coming at you expecting to knock you down. Yeah. And then if you did try to throw him, you would do your best to not be thrown, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the main things that we see in, you know, Juwaza or Ron Dory, which are supposed to be or, or are called live practices, um, is the idea of multiple attackers. It being against multiple, multiple attackers, but then them attacking in sequence and sometimes people do that you know without even thinking about it it's not even a a, like a a voiced instruction from anyone but just that that's how people feel that they should attack or and and so what we get is essentially one versus one versus one versus one (laughs) rather than one versus three you you do see that a lot you see five sequential attackers yes right Um, and it's like okay well you did just throw four different people but they all came at you at one time and waited I, or hesitated. When I see multiple attacker stuff, you know, and oh, look at the, that's what it is. Um, and I think that's a big problem. And that's what a lot of people, I think, see and go like, well, this is not real. Right. And, and you know, they would, they're correct in that. And and I'm not saying that that, like, I don't know, I just watched a, a video of some MMA guy, um, f- f- just three on one. And, um, yeah. It did look like one versus one versus one. The the guy, the one, was also uh, really big and really scary and knocked each one out. Right. <laughs> or at least knocked them down in s- sequence. Right, and so right, right. I'm not saying that that can't happen in real life, but are you that big tough guy that can f- knock somebody down in one punch? I, I mostly doubt it. Maybe right. maybe we have a few listeners who are, but right. mostly well, out. Well, <laughs> and I mean, we can skew that because if if we put a giant razor blade or a pistol right, in their right, hand, right, right. they they do become that person, right. you know, and that that does change things, and that's why, again, that's a reason the, why weapons right, have to be right. part of that context, and that's part of the that is part of it, and and you know, you've seen it in some of the videos that we do. Once you put even a, a foam noodle in someone's hand and they start swinging it. It changes, changes things, things yeah. dramatically in terms of what how people are wanting to attack, um, and how you're able to distance and keep your right. Yeah, you know. if yeah, if you if you're interested in watching it, we have a YouTube video. I think it's called something like you know why range matters or why empty hands suck or something like that. Yeah, but, why empty hands suck. But um, basically, the idea about that is that like you know Josh and Maya are doing a sparring practice, a live practice, and we change the length of weapon that Maya has or Josh has. Josh, Maya. Josh has. We change the length of weapon that Josh has from a really short little foam weapon. They're all foam weapons, but one's foam, short knife, then one's like a club, and then one's like a sword. And then when you see the difference of how many times he gets caught versus how many times he hits Maya, it's proportional to the weapon length. And so, look, she's never scared of the weapon, but just because of the length of it, it buys time. And so when you're talking about multiple attackers, everything is about time right. because the longer they have, the more certainly they will get you. And I think that's another thing to point out is like I was thinking about this after I saw that that three on one MMA guy video um, is that like we're doing something that's inherently hard or we're saying we can do something that's inherently really stacked against you. And so we have to give ourselves a little bit of grace to um grow in our abilities to do this so like for our school some of the the rounds you know in a smaller area are like just survive 10 seconds and that's a feat in itself and that doesn't sound like much i mean you know a lot of people in their martial arts are rolling for two three four five minutes um or sparring or whatever um but we're not there yet and it's also stacked against you and so i feel like we have to allow ourselves time to to grow into longer rounds and more of that. But the point is to start doing it. Yeah. 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 The point is to start doing it. I mean, I, I think that's a subject we shouldn't even talk about because um, I think longer rounds might be a, a mute point. You know, Because so, it doesn't happen. That's right. Right. So saying like 10 seconds really is a very reasonable amount of time for someone with a weapon to have Two, killed three right, people right. who are violently attacking them. Or, or for those three people to have yep, yep, put yep. him on the ground. And so it's like, you know, there again comes the real difference between 
the way Aikido live training has to work versus other things. So other things, it's like, oh, they're better competitors if they can go five-minute rounds. They're better competitors if they can go 10-minute rounds, you know? Right. Honestly, we have better Aikidoka if they can get lightning hard shots off in, in two seconds right, right. you know like that right. if they That's could true. put all three people down if there was some way to judge that right and they could do that in the 10 seconds that would be much better than them going for you know 30 seconds and right. not being able to do anything but not getting destroyed but also not being you know right yeah right right yeah. very true um, yeah. I, I think it's more like bull riding you know it's, it's like <laughs> bull riding's eight seconds and that doesn't sound like a lot unless you're riding a bull right you know <laughs> right and right, right. you know 10 seconds doesn't sound like a lot until you've got three people coming as hard as they can to get you you know right but with a weapon that could be enough yeah sure. I, I, I was totally not even thinking about a weapon but that's right. true right and so like you know and there's another thing that kind of has to change is in in lots of ways the aikido's not the aikido life practice is not about attrition um in the sense that like you know boxing's about attrition right so half of boxing is not uh how well you hit or it's, if you hit hard can it's, you can you take cover. lots of yeah, hits yeah, yeah. you know like because you can have great boxers who are fantastic fast agile good boxers um and can throw powerful shots but if they got a glass jaw they're not gonna have much of a career and in aikido that's kind of not important because you're outpowered so much that taking any shots, any shots really you're assuming you're losing right yeah. and and the same is true if you're well armed you know yeah, that's a good point. See, and, and this is, I guess, kind of what we're trying to get at is like we have to change our measurements, you know? Right. We have to, to completely throw out gauges for that, that other martial arts would use, like time or attrition or these different things. Right, right, right. And instead uh, figure out what makes sense for what we're doing. Right. And, and this is where the context part comes in. That's right. And that's why you can't just say, Aikido needs life training. Yes, but you need to make the caveat context-appropriate life training because if you just say life training, that means you go, oh, well, boxing life trains like this, so let's do that. Right. And it's like, that won't work. You then, know? You, and, then you do like some kind of weird rondori for, you know, five minutes and right. what do you get out of it? That's right. Yeah. And I think that's honestly a waste of your time because if you want to learn what one-on-one boxing's like, then deal with multiple yeah. attackers. And if you want to learn one-on-one our multiple attacker boxing well boxing gym's not going to help you but in aikido it's like well the idea is just get a weapon and so right, like you right, know right, right, we right. we could do it unarmed but it's like it's just better to practice with a right, weapon and right. then also you're going to see the kinds of defenses that you need in right. weapon stuff you know and i think too like i think it's possible for someone to uh well maybe not box but strike using their their hands as the weapon as they do their aikido sure. but that's going to complicate the matter because your boxing training is teaching you to keep certain distances and do certain things that are different than the aikido training is teaching you to handle mul- multiple attackers and I, that video that i saw where it, it is mma guys and they're striking mm-hmm. um it, you can tell that they're they're that boxing training or the the striking training is taking over and it's changing their usage of their space. That's right. And I mean, one of the biggest things for me facing multiple attackers after I'd already done MMA was I still wanted to square up mm-hmm. with yeah. each yep, guy. Yep, and yep. it took and a different can. mindset because right. that just doesn't work, the even minute, if you're better. Right. The minute you square up um, is the minute you start losing. the minute the next person is on you and right. then you're done. That's right. Um, you always have to be, you know. And I think that's the thing. I mean, doing a realistic live training a, a realistic multiple attacker live training, you know, because even that thing that you're describing, I don't know because I haven't, I didn't see it, but I can almost guarantee that it's not, that something else was happening there. I'll have to show it to you. Because, you make your own decisions. <laughs> because if three dudes wanted to put one guy on the ground and they were working together, yeah, I that mean, should not be a problem for them. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, the problem comes in, and this is this is why in Aikido, again, that context probably has to be armed, is that, like, you know, that in that situation, that guy's hitting guys and knocking them out in one shot. He's sure. a bigger MMA competitor than the other guys. And so that's the same thing with Aikido. You've got a 24-inch razor blade. Right. It's but what, my point is that, like, and, and again, I haven't seen it, so I can't say, but, like, what we were just talking about, which is, like, even if he punches a guy out, the the first guy he punches out while he's doing that the second guy should have should have been on him right right he's not you boxing know. he's running he's doing the same thing we do you in know, Aikido, so. right making distance yeah anyway i but um 
yeah I, that was a tangent and i'm sorry no no it's fine a, i'm sorry I'm, I, I put it up no I, but um so so you know you got to figure it out and you know when i think about like i've been thinking about those five keys and i was thinking you know who has who in aikido has had them and i think mochizuki had all five keys and i think tamiki had all five keys now that doesn't mean that that solution is going to be the solution that you think is great right and so like like i said i personally think tamiki rondori is lacking in a lot of things like i don't think it's i don't think it's enough exploring the breadth of aikido mm-hmm. and i also think it's not enough different from other martial arts that you couldn't learn other things mm-hmm. you know and and uh, i don't know uh, you know we could say like oh if you took a you know olympic judo guy and you gave him you know two weeks of tamiki training would he clean all the tamiki people sure. out i don't know i mean you know maybe maybe that's happened i don't know but what i'm saying is i don't think it's that much different mm-hmm. you know from other stuff but nonetheless tamiki's style of aikido had it figured li- yeah. context yeah. for yeah. its context appropriate live training right mochizuki yeah. had the same thing and then after those two we start to see less and less of that like shiota he kind of has some live training-esque things, although not really. It's mostly just Giyawaza, you know, um, and that's because he wanted to make stuff that looked like how Yuishiba's demonstrations mm-hmm. looked, you know. And, and uh, you know, if you look at Saito-sensei, he doesn't really have that, you know, like, and if you, you know, if you go down, mm-hmm. really live training falls out, you know. And Tamiki and, and Mochizuki were both interested in that, and the other guys not so much, yeah. really. Well, that was going to be one of my questions is, you know, why why don't we see it? Like, Yeah, that was my question, Especially too. now when we when people are beginning to realize, like, that it is something we need. I think a lot of people are like, the light bulb has gone off. Um, yet we still haven't really figured it yeah. out. Yeah, and I think it's that stacking of keys thing where it's like, okay, a lot of people know you need live training in Aikido. They don't know how to do context-appropriate live right. training, so they just do boxing and wrestling, right. and then they say that's Aikido. And then they're wondering, like, how come I don't get Kodagaishas? And what they do is they say, Kodagaish must suck, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. instead of right, saying, right. well, there's nothing in anyone's hand, so Kodagaish would never right. come Why off. Why would I ever right. try to, yeah, this guy's boxing me. Why am I going to grab his hand? Right, yeah. right, right. Um, okay, anything, like, anything else about that? Like, I think that's a pretty good... Yeah, I think this one's a little easier to, because we've talked about context-appropriate I mean, right, life training right, right, right. a fair an amount. An awful lot, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much everything. Uh, everything. Yeah, and I think I think it's hard, but you have to, you know, and to me, you have to, if you're looking for context-appropriate life training, you have to say, have I seen or is the possibility of seeing all Aikido techniques as we train in our syllabus, right, systematic clarity, do they appear in our life training and are they useful in our life training? And for me and in this school, I, I totally feel that yeah, way. I yeah. feel like our syllabus perfectly matches, matches yeah. um, what the life training is. Mm-hmm. And I think the life training has a good reason to exist as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like caveat to what you just said, though, your idea of what techniques are is broken out of forms. Sure. And so I feel like that has to inform like you're we don't see forms. In live training, right, right. like beautiful, I mean, perfect. They will appear. I mean, Look, you know, once in a blue moon. Yeah, but, but I'm not but, saying repeatedly. Yeah, they, yeah, you guys are gonna have this this funny argument right now. So <laughs> let me let me just cut to the chase real quick. So you're you're you will see some forms, but it's not gonna be this form, then that form, then this no, form, then that, that form. Correct. You're not you're gonna, not gonna, gonna you're not gonna chain link yeah. forms yeah. to no, solve problems. Right. Yes. right. Yeah. But you yeah. will see forms. Yeah. Right. But when you say techniques that keep coming up all the time, you're talking about. The pieces, right. you know, a here, yeah. right? Exactly. Uh, right. You know, a, a hodoki there. Uh, you know, whatever, an angle here. Like it's going to be broken out of the forms, and so I want to say that as a caveat because I feel like uh, people think, oh, you see all the techniques in your live training, and they go look at it and they go, this looks nothing like I right. do. You know what I mean? Right. So you, you do have to change the way that you see it because it is live and it's going to yeah. be messy and real. Actually, working on a video right now, slowing down. The live training from our school and showing you the techniques and oh, forms of Aikido. There you go. Yeah, yeah and all, all yeah. the footage is already there. It's just, yeah. it's just, just looking picking at through it. it. Um, so the fifth key? Fifth key is development of new students. Um, and I, I kind of, I wish I could, I wish I could, so when I say context-appropriate live training, that's a really clear way to say what I mean. Because I'm not just saying add live training, I'm saying it has to fit the context. Right. Development of new students, I wish there was a way I could say that that would make sense. But what I'm saying is developing new students that understand 
the historic context, the modern context, systematic clarity, and can do live training, right? Right. And so that's what I'm saying by that. Because just development of new students is what we've been doing. And and we did really big time in the 90s. Schools were full of people who didn't know any of those things. We touched on this last episode, I think, uh, that idea of like developing new students being like, get them in the door. Right. You know. Right. um, And how good does that really do? Because what we want is people who stick around for an extended period of time. Uh, long enough to get to hopefully the black belt, level. the black belt level, right. where they can then actually begin to do all of the things that we you we're know, talking about, yeah. right, right. Um, so yeah, that's what I mean by development of new students, and and I have a thing I'm thinking about, and you know, like this isn't about um, trying to explain these keys, as we said earlier in this episode. It, it's not about you having to like I don't have all the answers, and you should just take them from me. I have answers for myself. And so on this, I kind of want to offer my answer for myself. And I really do think this is the way forward Um, because I think Aikido's hit a real problem. And I think the way that I'm going to suggest, which I think most people aren't really going to care for, is the real way forward for Aikido. And it's what I'm trying to figure out how to do for myself right now and haven't put into action. But I think what you have to do is create a sportive form of Aikido. I know it's problematic for some styles of Aikido, but... We've even talked about it on the podcast as being like, oh, I don't know. It's a real real touchy Mm. thing. It's a real touchy thing. In lots of ways, I'd like to say I'm not... I don't want to do that, but I, I look at it almost as separate of Aikido. Like, so what I'm saying is there's a sport that looks an awful lot like Aikido that is basically Aikido live training that... If you if you like that sport, maybe you would like to study Aikido, the system of Aikido. Right, right. right. So it's a, it's like almost it's a trick. Like it's a, a trick. Sister. It's a trick. It's a trick. It's a trick to pull people like right to get people hooked into the thing. It's yeah. a trick. And and I'll I'll come back and explain why I what the problems I think are with sport and why I kind of do want to have that separation and why I kind of think sport doesn't have a place in Aikido. Kind of. Um. But but so. What you need to do is develop a sport, and then you need to have a league that uses that sport for kids to train in. And small kids, I'm saying, you know, maybe from five up to like, I don't know, 15, 16 teenagers would be cool. Um, But it's just like baseball or football or something. And you get a group of kids in and they create these teams of three. Like I have my sport worked out basically. Um, But you you have these little teams. These little teams learn Aikido together and they do all the stuff of Aikido. What that does is it gets them excited about Aikido and develops skill in Aikido at the same time. So if they want to take on Aikido classes, it all makes perfect sense. Right. Yeah. I think what's good about that is it's um, it's like the, the, the quick fire way to do it. You know, it's like the the sort of catalyst you're putting, you know, throwing gas on the fire or whatever to get it going quick. Right. Quick. Because otherwise, the the traditional way is five kids students at a time right three of them stay for four years one of one of them maybe stays for an extended period of time so you know if you have 30 students that come through your school at the end of whatever you have two maybe that are there when they graduate high school that's right you know like we have one that came you know like maya came back but really like that's it yeah Yeah. If, if you look at the the long and we have some kids coming up now who i think may or may not stick around right um but that's always you know that's always yeah. a question so if you had way more than that and they were doing this thing that that becomes more of like fun full and and, and like a lifestyle right, thing right right um, and then also that's like you can give them all of that and they can just take that away and have it yes, with them yes, forever. Exactly right. Exactly right. So right. they don't even necessarily like if you give them all of those skills, they'll have those skills forever and they right. don't even even if they don't choose to do Aikido. That's right. That's right. And once that's out in the world, yeah. um, and once, then it can start coming back. Once yeah. you have kids who have played these games for several years and are good at them, then you could introduce other martial arts to the games and see how people say in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu do in the Aikido game, how people do Judo do in the Aikido game, how people do boxing right. do in the Aikido game. Then right. we could really have those 
Aikido versus right. blah blah blah, on, and it on makes, the Aikido and it makes terms, sense, right? right? And it, yeah. yeah, because those videos always come from, "Hey, Aikido guy's gonna do boxing. Wonder who wins against a boxer? <laughs> right. well, I'll tell you right now who wins against a boxer. Right? Stupid. Um, but yeah. if you have people who are skilled in their game, and you introduce people from other things to it, then you suddenly see like, oh, that you do need a special kind of training to yeah. do this thing. So, so you feel like the 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 final key, of course, is uh, solving the problem of repopulating the world with people who understand about Aikido and doing it in a way that really sparks a lot of life and energy into it. And the reason you're saying kids is because they, they will do it a long time. They're, they're, they're accessible. Their Their, minds are ready. Their Their bodies can take it. Yes. Their bodies can take it. Their parents will bring them like, (laughs) you know, all these pieces. That's uh, it's funny. So I was watching, you know, skateboarding in the Olympics uh, and all the gold medals, they're all stupid young, right? They're all like, you know, like like 11 or Uh, I think like the, for the women's, it was like 13, 13, 16 gold for the street, like whatever. Um, but it totally makes sense because, like, they can do stuff that, like, the older people can't do because if they do it and they me- mess up, they're done. Right. You know, and it takes them forever then to heal and blah, blah, blah. That's right. And kids are just, they're light, they're flexible, they bounce, like, whatever. Yep. Um, and so they can do it. And and just knowing, like, the stuff that we've, the rondoy that we've done and when we get into it, it gets rough. And almost always it's a week, two weeks of right. hard, good, oh, yeah. hard training that we love, uh-huh. and then all of us are out. And, and then injured. it's like, well, all Bruises, right. Bruises, broken next, nose, next broken month, toes. Bro- next month. We'll... Broken fingers. Broken... <laughs> right, right. Collarbones. Um, yeah. And so with kids, I mean, you really can push them. Uh, you could push them further, and that's where you're going to get the breakthroughs. That's right. They have so much kid, energy, they can just keep going. Of kids just, you know, they, they'll get those things that, like, we can't. I, I will never be able to get in my lifetime because I can't do the training. Like, right. I just can't do the training. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you look at me, I was a black belt by 21, which is young, right? And then uh, was doing a lot of live training uh, before 25 and then was working on live context for Aikido all through my 30s. And so it's like that was too old. Yeah. Like me looking at it right now, it's like that was too old. Damn, don't tell me that. <laughs> Well, well, it's. I'm not saying that you can't. Make, I mean, it made lots I'm of progress ancient. and learned. But but what I'm saying is like, yeah. like in order for that to have like a, a long career of like being able to do the stuff, it's yeah. just not that long, you know. But if yeah. you get a kid who you can give all those skills by the time they turn 25 and they're already fully skilled right. up at 25, yes, yes. now they have another 25, 25 years, years of of training, yeah, of, active coaching and right, teaching, right, and you right. know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. No, and I mean, I think this is a huge thing that everybody's talking about in Aikido is like. How do we lower the average age That's in right. Aikido? Because we have like, to do that. We have to do that. N- no offense to older people. Like the the way that you kind of kill something is by like just it aging and aging and aging and the average people aging and aging and they're not being younger people to take up the mantle. Right. And – Right now, that's what you see is that's just right. the average age. And that's, like, and that's another you know. reason to me to go after young people is like when we fix this problem with this round, it'll be fixed forever. Right. Right. right? right. Do you, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. we take 10-year-olds and not just teach them Aikido, the traditional system that we honestly do a bad job as a community teaching them. And, and not that there's not lots of good stuff at it, but as far as talking about the other four keys, we don't really do a good job of giving them the other four keys. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, uh-huh. And the yeah. biggest one of those being live training. We don't give it to them really at, at all. all. Yeah. Okay. Right. So if we, if we do that now, then in 20 years, we'll have a bunch of kids who have been doing Aikido for 20 years at a high level. Right. And then they will already have been feeding the next generation down and we right. won't age out anymore. It'll be done. But yeah. when we keep trying to get 25-year-old, 30-year-old people and go, hey, let's learn Aikido. By the time they know Aikido, they're already aging out. Right. That's me. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, you it's know. me too. I mean, yeah. it's just the yeah. way it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it's like, and it sucks because I wish it weren't that, that way. And I would like to do more strenuous live training. Um, but it's like, yeah, every time I do it, it really takes it out of it takes you. takes more and more of a toll. I mean, and you can't do that more than you can't do it every day. Right. It's not like rolling. You know, it's not like, um, it's not like jujitsu where, you know, you can go and roll and I, you know. Right. You'd be easy on each other. Like whatever. And no problem. Um, Aikido live training is hard. Live training is hard and you can't, you cannot 
do it every day, even at my age. That's right. And, and over that, it, it becomes really kind of problem. You That's know? right. But right now, you have a long career as a coach. Sure. Right? right so you've right, still right, got right. lots of energy for a long time sure. to do yeah, all kinds yeah. of stuff, just not at that level. And so you have to get people up to the level that you are now at an earlier Early. age. Yeah. And yeah. the only way to do that is start them out really young. And it's what judo did. It's what everything that has, you know, Taekwondo did. Look at anything that's got a good body of competitors. It's that's what they and do. And then you also you circumvent the problem that we've had for so many years of like the people that did grow up through Aikido and and started as a child, they they get to eighteen or twenty and you know specifically young men, and then they get into these little fights or they go, oh yeah, I'm gonna show off my martial arts skill, and then they realize because they've been doing forms for fucking thirteen years or whatever, they they can't they they feel like they came out with nothing right you know they they have all this you know knowledge and they can you know spew all these different forms but like they can't do anything with it right and this kind of i guess would flip that to where you're starting them with all the physical innate you know unconscious skill and then as they start to get older you can add on okay here's what these things are called yes here's a little more yes. like book learning yes. to add on top yes. of that and, and you already is- know it all you just need to intellectually exactly right and this is basically what you see in judo where you see people having a competitive career and then as they start to get older they're like i want to learn the old judo forms i want to learn all these techniques that because you know like when you're a competitive judo guy you know you know quote unquote know all the throws but you have four that you're really good at right but then as they get older they're like i want to learn all of them and i want to learn them all pretty well you know and they start to become good coaches and rounded out judo instructors and that is what you should do as you age out but but earlier on you need a set of skills to inform all that Mm -hmm. stuff yeah and also that's like you're building into them the contextual under contextual understanding um because you you're you're running like you're running the context constantly like that is, right. the game will be built for there's multiple attackers there's weapons there's here that's you right. go that's right and then when you start talking to them about it like they already know oh yeah well there's multiple attackers and then you can say oh here's here's the like strategies that you already know that's right. here's the names for the techniques right. that you're already doing that's right and you're it's like you're building it in the opposite direction and when you have um systematic clarity you can do that right and so this is you know this is a lot of thing i'm working on constantly now is like pulling pieces out of the form and go this is teaching you this thing and you can give that quicker than you can give it in a form Mm -hmm. and maybe not as nuanced and maybe there's lots of things that you get it need in a more interesting way through a form but i can give it to someone really fast i can take a kid and i can give him ideas of ikido really fast and if he's doing it in a live context that's what he needs i'm having a problem here i'm getting stuck in corners and you can teach him this and this and they're getting out of corners all of a sudden and then later like maya's saying then you go over it and you go okay that's called this in japanese right. and it means this and you know like and here's all the nuances of it and i think what you're mentioning though is really important to to understand is that if you start to go this direction that like we will have to let go of our high-ass standards of what a Kodagaisha is going to look like, what a Shionaga is going to look like, what, you know, heck, a triangle or a 45-degree angle step looks like. Right, because right. You're, you're teaching live stuff first, and it's going to be messy, and it's not going to be up to this high, precise standard because you're not doing forms and doing it perfectly. And so we're going to have to let go of clean-looking Aikyo, and we're going to have to embrace instead messy but live that's right that's right and you know it all fixes itself you know so if you look at fencing fencing that's taught you know on the strip by the instructor that looks technically different Mm -hmm. than live fencing Mm -hmm. like you know you look at two good fencers going at it they're doing all kinds of wild stuff to get each other right um but but it's like they can do that because they train so hard in those basic forms and like the technique the theory and the application inform each other right and like they don't always look the same you're right but they inform each other and you'll get that night kiddo too but you've got to have people who can do the application as well as the technique right right which is not what we have currently no no in fact most most people saying the word application like i do not know how many aikido videos or dvds back in the past that i've seen and bought that say aikido application techniques and they're just forms yeah i I literally saw a video yesterday that had the word application versus, I think it was application versus technique or yeah, whatever it was. But it was, the implication was that it was more applied, you know, whatever. And, and it, it was really just a form with a couple nods to some different things. Right. And it's like, we have a long. Was it timings? No. Everything that I've ever seen was that, that's the thing. It's like, oh, here's, uh, you know, how you would apply this thing. And, And really all they're talking about is like how 
you know, the timing in which it ha- you know, it's like they're and not that really timing doing... is usually the one timing of do it faster. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. do it harder, do it right, faster. Right. No, this was like, um, well, he could kick you here and he could punch you here. So be aware of that. Right. That's <laughs> <true>. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's sort of uh, your answer. It's my answer. It, yeah. Is, is, it's an answer I'm excited about because I think I really think that holds the promise. I think it unlocks. I feel about this the same way I felt about all the other things if I, as I started discovering them. Where it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's just clearly the route to take, a good, you know, yeah, the, uh, the proper path. Yeah, it's funny if you if you, I bet if you compare the the waveforms from the last episode and this episode, this one key we all get ah, right. more yeah, excited yeah, yeah, about. Exactly, like it, yeah. I noticed all of us kind of ramping up and, and talking about it excitedly because it's the future, right? You know, yeah, well, and it's yes. the cool part to me. It's the cool part. Uh, it is the cool part of it. It's the thing that you want to do. Like I like forms and I like picking apart forms and you know, I as teaching it i like teaching forms and i like correcting people like i mm-hmm. like all that stuff um but doing it i would rather be doing yeah the yeah. live thing you know yeah. all yeah. the time i'd rather be moving i'd rather you know um and you just you don't you don't get that that very you know yeah. i mean so. to me you know it's like i think my you know everyone's got their different stuff they're into you know and and what i'm interested in is like seeing how aikido works whatever that means mm-hmm. and so that's i was excited about that when i was trying to break down all the techniques and understand how they work when i was trying to understand the history of aikido and the context of aikido and how to do live training like all those things were exciting to me and now it's like this is what i see yeah. as the most exciting thing that it's like let's see people right. really right. do the hell out of it right, right? Now, like, now we have it now how do we transmit it like how do we yeah. best transmit it in a way that can give us like return on investment that's right you, um, you did mention um when you were saying about you know sport or the potential of doing a sport what were some of the downsides that you yeah because you, you did mention that so i feel like yeah so no, this that. is a good thing to talk about and i think um anyone who's into their thing and they make a sport version of it they they get disgruntled and the reason you get disgruntled is because what happens is people want to win and so winning is cool and, and you have to kind of want to win. Otherwise, we don't actually have competitions that breed growth. But the problem with that is we learn other ways to win that are not prescribing right. to the, the the ideal way, right? So, you know, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you see this in like ultra lightweight geese. So if they weigh to get on the mat, they can be a few ounces heavier as a person. And so they have a little bit of an advantage, you know, or or lying about saying like, oh, I'm, I'm under a year of training for submission grappling when you've actually been doing it for five years or, you know, like uh-huh. this kind of shit happens all the time, right? And people try and squeak by. Yeah, you play, um, play to the rules. That's right, whatever. right. And you're yeah. playing to win the game. And so the, the video of the Hema guy who throws his longsword away in order to tackle the other longsword guy. <laughs> that is exactly right. right, right, right. <laughs> that was, yeah. Very, it's a, very, it's a, I don't know, commonly passed around Hema video of a longsword duel yeah. and the guy just throws his sword. Oh, out I, I saw it. I saw it when it happened. It was fucking infuriating. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Go look for it. It's, it's frustrating right and 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 the thing about that is it's like yeah sure you might win the game but what the game is trying to do is work on a specific skill set and so what happens in sports no matter what is it gets perverted and you hear like old judo guys say this about judo that it's like uh the judo they do now is not like we used to do it what we used to do is better Mm -hmm. and you know they're wrong in the sense that that's not the way to win gold medals at the Olympics. Those old dudes are wrong. That's they're wrong. Yes. But if you talk about like the overall growth of the person through judo and like how um, you can understand more of the art and what the art lends itself to, that is kind of lost in getting Mm -hmm. wrapped up in competition. And so in some ways I kind of feel like sport Aikido should maybe, maybe not even called sport Aikido, like, but that, that when you study it, you realize, Oh, there's a whole system that, that has colorful, ideas that this comes from it would be so, sorry um the other side of sport is so we were talking about earlier how the, the contrivedness of the training versus what you're actually training for the good thing about training kids and doing this sport thing um is that you're getting something a little closer to like you're, you're getting something that lends itself to training closer to the the thing yeah if that makes any you're sense. You're getting the real skill set right. that you're... We, but the problem is if you create a skill or a, a, a rule set that you're going to be getting whatever training right to the edge of the rule set. And so if the rule set is not matching or not close to simulating what whatever real life live training 
or real life scenario would, would be like, then you start to get away from the original intention, which is to train a set of skills that's realistic-ish. Right. So, you know, if you're if you're looking at something, uh, you want to have competition because uh, the resistance found in competition breeds growth, right? right? Yeah. Okay. Now, there is another way to win, and it's through efficiency, right? So not growth, but efficiency. And so, for example, if you learn that I can, you know, um, pig out after I weigh in and I weigh 10 pounds, heavier and that 10 pounds gives me an advantage i'm more efficient as a competitor now mm-hmm. now i didn't grow i didn't become a better wrestler i didn't um understand the coaching or my, the mindset or any of that i didn't none of that i just got more efficient because i got bigger mm-hmm. uh-huh. and so what what cheating does and you know i'm gonna say cheating but it's playing right to the edge of the rule set it makes you more efficient, more efficient. and so right. when you say my ultimate goal is to win not my ultimate goal is to be better at this thing right then what happens is you start becoming more efficient i'm gonna put right. quotes on that because you cheat right that's right. what you do and you know the there's the saying, you know, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And when you're trying to win things, that's a very valid thing to say. And that's kind of why I think sport Aikido should be separate yeah. from Aikido, yeah. you know? Interesting. So I envision it and I think it's sort of running in parallel lines, you know? Yes. So there's the game and the game is the game and like whatever. Um, but it's running in parallel lines and, and really like this is what we're It's the trick, which is like we're teaching you this stuff without you even knowing it. Right. And hopefully at some point we capture them right. in and right. then teach them like, ha here's pull the, the you know, uh, curtain right. and go, here's what you've really been learning. <laughs> right. And maybe you maybe lose. those kids, maybe most of those kids never want to learn the martial sure. art of Aikido, yeah, yeah. but they get to be like 45 and they played sport Aikido when right. they were a kid and they're like – I wish I could do something. I was like, well, I can't compete in that anymore, but I could become a coach and I can understand how the martial art works and I could get, you know, several years out of training and, and like, and then it feeds back into itself, right, right? right? And so it's almost like there's a school for coaches. That's the martial art of Aikido. And then there's the sport, there's the sport which attracts yeah. people yeah. and draws people and gives them the skills that we teach in Aikido. Yeah. I like that. And that, I mean, seems similar, I would think, to like uh, like fencing, you know, because fencing has like the sport fencing, but then you can also go to a fencing school where they teach you the whole lineage of the thing from That's start right. to finish, right. you know. And I think you're um, seeing that now that HEMA is becoming prevalent and you're seeing a lot of competitive fencers go, I kind of want to learn the history of fencing and like learn how to fence in a way that we worry about doubles and, you know, other kinds of aspects like a fleshed outness of the fencing. And I also think you're seeing HEMA competitors go, oh, I really want to learn sport fencing because that's how you really push that envelope, mm-hmm. right? Right. And, and, and they're two different animals, but they can kind of inform each other and play back and forth with each other. And that's yeah. the way I see kind of like sport Aikido and, Versus, and classic yeah. Aikido. Yeah, and it's, I think only, it's that, almost. Go ahead. I'm I was just gonna say it's almost as if, like, if we have those two, you know, the sport side by side with the historical, um, the, the cultural, the 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 lineage or whatever, um, we've f- fully explored or taken it as far as we possibly can on the latter side, and we've done nothing with the live you know, sportive, and that's maybe not the right, right word, but we've gone as far. We've, we've hit a dead end with this. And so now we have to expand into the more sportive live that's side right. in order to push both forward. Yeah, that's right. Like, and and fencing proves that it can be done. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, that, that both sides can exist and inform each other and, you know, still be viable, you know, as a thing. I don't know how viable fencing is as a martial art no, I mean, I'm in as it. a martial art sure like yeah. as a method of self-defense but, but we, well right, right. But yeah I, i'm i'm sure people listening to us are, are like hey like you guys have talked so much about how sport sucks in so many ways and you know whatever in, in past episodes and like i i think now we're saying we're, well maybe it's the i future. don't think we ever said i mean if we <laughs> said that it sucked it always with is with the caveat of at this particular thing. Yes. You right. know, I don't think we right. ever just blanket go, sports suck because we all like sports. And right. like we all do, like we're competitive people that like to yeah. fuck right. shit up. Right. Yeah. And, and and I think that's just it is that like it's hard to hear, like like it's hard to separate because to me it's very clear as to like the good and the bad of sport. Like they're equal to me. So that I'm never like, yeah, sport is the only way to go. It's the best thing because when I hear people say that, I'm like, hold up. There are some real fucking problems right. with sport. But yeah. it is also a great way to motivate people and get people excited and give them a skill set. Like that's all wonderful. Yeah. And and I kind of think like keeping a divide between what we call classical Aikido and what we call sport Aikido would be would be really mm-hmm. good, you know. Yeah. Okay, so we've tracked that down to the end. Um, is there anything 
So now we, we've talked about all of the keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now let's just put it together for people um, and sort of, you know, once we have this and we've done them all, now, the, then it just magically opens and then we're we're good to go? I mean, what's Well, the... I mean, honestly, <sighs> I think yes, right? So, like, so what I'm saying is, like, if you have all five keys, then it is doing what it's, what supposed, it's supposed to, to do, do yeah, yeah. right? And so, like, and, and that, fifth, that fifth key, that development of new students, that's what will actually that's what, open it up, yeah, yeah, right? Uh-huh. But we can't have the fifth key Without, until we have yeah. the other four keys, right? And, and Yeah, it's not like the door opens up and then suddenly, you know, there's a pot of gold or something, but it's just like once you start doing all the things, then you're doing it. Right. Kind of like right. the alchemist or something where it's like you return back to where you started and you realize that the whole journey was the thing. Right. You know? Right. Right. And so, yeah, I think I think honestly it does, but, but you have to have all five keys and you have to be good at all five keys. Right. Which is a whole other <laughs> Yeah, other that's a whole thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, because... Um, you know, we know that some people are better at one or the, and, and maybe don't even care about the other key, you know? Right. I mean, because, you know, it's funny with the fifth key, like, you know, you could say like, oh, I understand Aikido's context. Okay. I understand the modern context. I understand systematic clarity and I, and I, and I can do it live. I know how to do it live. The fifth key is what actually expands it you know mm-hmm. and so like yeah. what you were saying like then is it all of a sudden good then it is good once right. you've had the fifth yeah, key yeah, yeah. but you know you can't have that without the other four keys yeah because i think that's 100 percent. uh if you were someone who had that all and could do it um and you just were like what good is that to the to the martial art to have just you as a guy sure being awesome you, yeah, you know right. you have to be able to put put it back in there by developing you know that's right that's right and and when i say keys to the kingdom of aikido i don't mean keys to the kingdom for you so like you become an aikido master i mean aikido's opened up right, right, like right, for right, everyone you know right, like it's right. like you get in there with those five keys and you open it and now everyone can come in and we can do aikido again right you know? yeah it's not for any single one person. that's right yeah, yeah that's right and and you know i do think that like people like mochizuki and you know there are people who have done this and there are people who've been awesome uh, key five people, you know, so like Saito Sensei was an awesome key five guy, you know, meaning he development of new students, oh, yeah, yeah. huge. Yeah. But the lack therein is the the live training and kind of the systematic clarity. Although no Iwama person would ever agree with me to that, mm-hmm. but um, but those two things really kind of inhibit it. And so while there's a lot of people practicing Iwama Aikido, it's still not satisfactory, right? And 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 that's the the reason that we're actually in the position that we are now. Yes. Is because of those things. Like, yeah, he went out and he got all these new people, but none of n- none of them could feed back into it because they were missing key number. You, you know, get you get tons of people, even Awama people, going. Okay, I did all the Aikido, and now I still feel like I haven't gotten Aikido. Like, I feel like I'm missing something because I've done everything, and I still feel inadequate. Right. And hopefully, if you have all five of these and you're doing it, then you don't really end up producing people like that anymore. You go. You know, with the, what we were talking about with the, the fifth key, if you have got a, a bunch of kids training in it, then they got the physical part. They got the, the unconscious training. And then you get the, if you want, then you can get the systematic training as well. And then there should be no one going after they're done. Like they missed something. Right. You know? Right. They should feel complete with that's it. That's right. Yes, they, that's exactly All right. the questions that they have in that should be answered. No. That's right. Well, this is a good one. I'm very happy with these two sets of... Uh podcast me too i feel like we we did it for for you guys you're welcome (laughs) damn it josh (laughs) so when chris sent me the thing no but so when chris sent me the thing originally it's he just sent the little graph he he created this little graphic it's a cool little key blah blah blah. um and it was great because i was like oh my god (laughs) there it is like there it is all right. That's, I mean, honestly, it's funny. Like, <laughs> we're joking about that, but that is how I feel a lot of times yeah. when I get real clarity on something. And it's like, oh, that is the fucking answer. It's just right. sitting right there yeah. now. You know, it's like, that's the obvious answer. Yeah. We could be full of shit. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> always, <laughs> always likely to be full it's, of shit. Uh, there's a good possibility we're full of shit. But I mean, I think the point that we made at the beginning that it's, it's not about our specific answers, that's but right. about the process right. that you sure. go through right. to get right. your right. answers. Right. And I think these are our five really good pieces right. to be able to and, get and, that and like i said you know i think this is streamlined for aikido and like realizing for aikido is 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 you know what what i think is good about this thing but but basically that exists for What's everything if we look right, at right, if right. we look at crossfit it's like 
what is the context of CrossFit? Well, the context of CrossFit is to become fit in a wide variety of ways. Okay, well, how do we do that? Oh, we have these different kinds of workouts that in- include all these different aspects of bicycling and lifting Whatever, weights and all yeah, the yeah. shit, right? Um, okay, and then how do we um, get that out to people? Student development, right? And maybe there's three keys to CrossFit. I haven't thought about CrossFit. Right, but, but what I'm saying is uh, you can see how this kind of process is necessary for everything. Right. And for Aikido, like, you know, I think a big one is honestly like context-appropriate live training is a hard thing to get at Mm -hmm. and I think understanding what the context is both uh, pre-war and Mm post-war you know I'm sorry this is not a uh, shitting on CrossFit podcast um, but but we should start one because that <laughs> yeah. would be great. I, I should it would if CrossFit. we shit on CrossFit, it, we would it would be huge. And here's why: CrossFitters would listen because they would hate us, and oh, yeah. then every like the other people would listen because they would think it was. I, I, the problem is we'd have all these thick middled motherfuckers yes, coming after true. us, you know. And I don't want to fuck with those guys. They're yeah. big, got yeah. thick middle. <laughs> yeah, they got thick middles. They're Dude, the thickest middle a, people that's ever. A, that's a thick ass middle. Thick ass middle. I mean, no way are they anything, But like, if you look at them, they're like they're all abs, but they're. They're, They're just the thickest yeah. abs, man. That guy's all abs. Um, no, it was a compilation <laughs> of uh, like abs. CrossFit fail uh, videos, uh-huh. and it was all like people like doing that that like um, the jerk kipping. Kip uh-huh. Oh yeah, my yeah. god! And it was like sped up, so it looked really ridiculous. And uh. someone like dropping a bar or doing some crazy like uh, like power or clean or whatever it's no. called, and just fucking dropping the bar on themselves uh. or like you know the one when the bar broke in half. I don't know Ooh, how shit. that happened, but it just went and like broke. <laughs> And the guy fell, and it was it was fucking hilarious. I'm I'm sure it was just that's once again I realize it's probably just the practitioners. We're not stuff, really but... shitting on CrossFit. <laughs> Maybe we should shit on athletic equipment that's not built <laughs> yes, correctly. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. I mean, well, there's no excuse for kipping though. Um, <laughs> I want a T-shirt that says there's that. no excuse. There's for no kip- excuse for kipping. Uh, I feel like I can say some shit because my dad was a little bit into CrossFit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, he was... Some of my best friends were CrossFitters. CrossFit. No, I mean, I think it, like, it was very much a fad and, yeah. and, and, and very much a, like, a different way of doing shit. I think there's some really cool stuff that came from it, you know? Those, some yeah. really fit fucking people is what came from yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. It, that in itself, the fact that a whole... I would say a whole generation of people were like, oh, shit, being fit is awesome. Hell Yeah. Made made fit and I feel like and I feel like and I feel like CrossFit was even even not even if you didn't do CrossFit you saw people doing CrossFit who were fit and you were like oh yeah I want to jump on some goddamn boxes I want to swing some ropes I want to do tough mutter or Spartan race or whatever all that crap is between that and paleo I think that was a whole whole generation (laughs) paleo and CrossFit oh I'm well aware of it. All right, so sorry that was a, a <laughs> this whole was tangent. a big tangent for us. <laughs> it just shows you the depth of this podcast. We're yeah. not just about IQ. We we yeah. have thoughts on a lot. We'll, of We'll things. jump into CrossFit. <laughs> we have thoughts on a lot of things. <laughs> Let's yeah, go ahead and, yeah. Uh, tweet at us if you um, tweet. No, yeah. <laughs> don't tweet at us. Uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could. You're not going to get any yeah, response. Right. <laughs> and I get her disgust. It's like what? It's not, yeah. it's not an account. Yeah, tweet. Right. Yeah, tweet at us if you want more of the CrossFit podcast. CrossFit hate hate podcast. Let's thank our patrons. All right. Um, thank you so much to our patrons. You guys make it possible for us to get on tangents about CrossFit and on, on the internet. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you allow us to exist on the internet. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you so much too, Logan Shadow Dragon Master Heinrichs. Ooh, shit. That's pretty hot. That's a I deep love one. That. Dragon Master. That's a deep one. You know, I had a martial art called Shadow Dragon when I was ten. Oh, oh I've, I've seen it. Yeah, Shadow Dragon. I've got manuals. Yeah. I wrote manuals. Yeah. Yeah. Are, they're real. not very legible, but. <laughs> He's cheesing. He yeah. loves it. Yeah, that's all true. Right. All right. All right. Uh, thank you to Adam Nicholson, Matt Whalen, The Dirt Wasp Podcast, Chris, Protector of Ducks, Comouth, Tip of the Week, Cows. Ooh, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, that just, was the Tip of the Week last week too, right? Yeah, I think so. It was. Cows? Yeah. yeah. Um, just Keep Rolling. Uh, Brad V. <laughs> Uh, Yarrow ten tame tadpoles tucked tightly together in a thin tall tin. I don't know how I do that. That's uh, Madrona, yeah. El Terrible, Brooke Ferragamo, Joshua the Slacker T, <laughs> Ben Bear Wrestler Aldridge. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's that's oh, the best that's ever. Awesome. I uh, appreciate uh, people like stealing my identity like that. 
<laughs> he also yeah, still loves Ben Burr Rustler Aldrich, so yeah, like, yeah. So he wants to keep like, his own yeah. identity. But it's good, yeah. He's just yeah, letting you know you're a slacker. <laughs> yeah, you, you are though. It's true. Um, Tommy Siv, Francis Cordon, Scott Burns, Dave Dewberry, Sension Center, Barrett Liffey, Sam Sulian, Randy Stewart, Thomas Polino, Hillary Jones, Constantinos Andrew, Franz Martinson, Yuli Simku, Brian Crowley, Lisa Klein, Sharon Okada, Christopher Acido, Matt Mumford, Matt Riley, Grant Templin, and Lenny Acuna. I love how there's a whole subplot of our podcast ha- that happens in this. Yeah, this little, this little, little end, thing. end bit here. I like it. It's great. Yeah. It's great. For those following along, they're like, "Oh my god!" Third week of weird tongue twisters. Or I love that. Yeah, give me give me a new one. I feel like I nailed that one too many times. Yes, you've gone. Give, give me a new. Give one. me a new, give me a new one. one. Come on. Please. Okay. Uh, so now let's do uh, tip of the week. Other than cows. Other than cows. Other than cows. Damn. I mean, that's a pretty good one. Cows. Cow, you know, I used to I used to have a a, a um, French Swiss roommate, and um, she said the word chaos like cows, oh and cows. so yeah, and so cows. she would come in a lot of times, I and like she would, it's cows in here, <laughs> it's cows in here, and the first time, the first time she did it, I was all, what the fuck does she mean? It stinks in here, and like cows. I'm trying to talk to her, no, Chris, it's cows, you know, it's cows, and I'm like, I don't know, it's cows. What does that mean, cows? <laughs> It's chaos. So maybe that's the tip of the week. Chaos. Chaos. Find it. Embrace it. I don't know. Embrace chaos. Tip of the week, though. Do you have something? No, nah, embrace chaos. That's it. Yeah, the end. Embrace what, that. What, well, what better is it? I mean, there? to make it more IQ, make accord with the chaos. Yeah, make accord Become with one chaos. with the chaos. That chaos. Uh, okay. <laughs> Josh is like, <laughs> not like, gonna now I'm going to give you a tip of the week. <laughs> no, I, uh, <laughs> not a tip, but a, some, like, homework if you're, up for it yeah. uh, is taking these five keys and th- really thinking about them for yourself. Yeah, and, and, and don't copy our answers. And plugging, your own. plugging them, plugging them in, and see, yeah. seeing where you're at. Yeah, if you look at our paper, I'll, I'll tell. Yeah. I'll tell the teacher. I won't. I steal from it. Uh-huh. Like uh, honestly, you're like, man, this like, stuff just, is good, right? Yeah, make Aikido better. Open source, man. Come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. Okay, well, I'm just being a goody teaches <laughs> teacher. <laughs> We're, we need to be done. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I don't. I, yeah, I'm hungry. Yeah. Oh. All right. Uh, we will talk to Until you guys next week. next week. 